you know how podcasts go how they start oh casual cool so casual cool welcome to the podcast <laughs> okay before we get into anything i have to reveal something so okay this guy super liked me on tinder wow all right we're getting straight into it this is a guy when i saw him i was like <gasps> because i know this guy I know this guy from Miami. You don't know. I'm from Miami originally. Oh, okay. I know this guy from straight up high school in Miami. He was a tall guy. <laughs> Tattoos going to the punk shows. <laughs> and I was like, who is he? Famously, I will never forget. I have a friend, Brian Butler, who like goes to concerts and, and sketches what he sees. And he like got really successful off of it. And like people will pay him to go to festivals and shit and like sketch like uh-huh. instead of concert photography. So Brian Butler once did a sketch of a concert at this place and drew me and this guy next to each other. And I was like, okay, it's love, right? (laughs) By the way, this podcast is about love. (laughs) This podcast is about love and misconnections. Yes. No, I don't know if I've mentioned this guy in the podcast before. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But I was always too nervous to talk to him, okay? And because he's just like very imposing. I think I tried to once and was like, no. And then... It was the sort of thing that like he moved to New York and then I like when I would visit, sometimes I'd be like, I'm going uh, to message him and be like, eh, I'm in town. You have any recommendations? You know, <laughs> like the classic. And then yeah. that's like really got nothing off of it. Anyways, he super liked me on Tinder. Wow. And I was like, what the hell? And then I obviously matched. and I was like, and then he immediately was like, hi. And I was like, oh, my God, hi tall max from miami i'll say it his name's max <laughs> if he's listening then he's yeah. already obsessed so yeah it's like, exactly that's fine. no he revealed to me very quickly that he, he was like he was like oh hi rebecca from like miami that i was always too nervous to talk to and i'm like cute. i was too nervous to talk to you wait this is my dream that's so cute i'm honestly like what's happening are you going on a date okay i was thinking of literally texting him after this and being like what's up this was all this all happened truly yesterday yesterday and i was like this is ideal it's seriously like you had this crush on this guy yeah now he's confirmed that he likes you i mean that's why tinder is great that is you know that's the thing i have not been on it i have just been like you know I, it was just like a slow day at work and i was like i'm fucking bored let me go on tinder yeah but a boom look at that I mean, ideal. So every super like I ever got when I was on Tinder was not not ideal. Not ideal. No, of course, ninety eight percent of the time yeah. it's like, oh, do you know the opposite of the type of person that I would like to interact with? Yeah, this is who is super liking me. Or they've paid to actually super like a thousand people. Yeah, I'm like oh, that's good. Yeah. Sometimes I like whenever I hear a guy talking about like. Oh, yeah. When I'm like on Tinder, I just like I'm swiping right constantly, like always over, over and over. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Sometimes I will go. Have you seen a guy on Tinder? It's actually psychotic. It's because they limited that because men were doing it so crazy where now they limited how many people you can swipe right on like per hour. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. I saw my friend doing it because I sit there and I imagine all the way through the wedding for each individual. I was man literally going to say I was going to say I'm like, OK, so. This guy seems hot. Maybe let us find his Instagram. I let us to go, go to his tagged, the tagged pics. Let's see what's going yeah. on. I will see if I find them on Facebook. Sometimes I will like heavily consider. Yeah. Just to either swipe right or left, which is crazy. It but is. no, it's not because I like I 
I, the best Tinder experience, I, because that's I can't really like I can date casually, but it, I have to know it's casual. So like with yeah, Tinder, yeah, I'm looking through the dating potential and the best Tinder experience I ever had was like I was hooking up with this guy for a while who was in an open relationship. Ooh, so I didn't have to worry about okay. if I liked him, yeah. if like whatever. Yeah. And we just we just hooked up. Whereas if I were on Tinder and they weren't in a relationship, even if it was a casual hookup thing, mm-hmm. there's always the possibility or well, yeah, that's one of you going to like the other more or like things I mean, like that. I have so many friends who like are in full ass relationships like from their Tinder things. Yeah. And I'm like, I know I shouldn't use it with that like hope, but I'm also like, I know what I want. I'm a romantic, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, now it's like, I hate that we're supposed to be like embarrassed for wanting intimacy. Like, I feel like so yes. many men, I'll say something like, hey, I like you. Things are going well. And they just freak out. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, okay, well, I didn't say I wanted to marry you. Like, I just Fucking thought I liked you. Yeah. yeah. My brother, I used to talk a lot of shit about online dating just because I was scared to do it yeah and I was always but because I was in a relationship for two years we broke up a year ago and um okay I before that I was never on tinder I was on tinder for like a day and basically freaked out yeah and um it's a lot to take in (laughs) well and I was annoyed because this guy who is a loser screenshotted my biggest fear for some reason was like people from comedy seeing I'm on tinder and like somehow making fun of me even though everybody is on tinder it's not something to be embarrassed of now at the time I just felt embarrassed and this guy who's a loser screenshotted (laughs) my tinder profile posted on my facebook and what lol and I just like immediately deleted my tinder when was this this was probably four years ago okay I was gonna say I'm like first of all who's on Facebook <laughs> I know this was a different time it was a different time but no, so I would always loco. talk shit and I would be like no I never want to do online dating and I'll just meet people in real life and stuff like that and I do kind of prefer having but you meet people with mutual friends or that yeah. you knew and things yeah. like that there's yeah. all in New York it's such a small Every, world in a so way stupid but small. so then my brother and sister-in-law like I they always told me that they met through friends. And then like (gasps) a few years ago, my cousin goes, Hey, so Alan and Alex met on OkCupid and they don't want you. Yeah. And like you and their son's name's Ari. And then they had a daughter, Shoshana. (laughs) But so they, um, they met on OkCupid, but my cousin Chris was like, they don't want you to know because you've always talked so negatively. And then so then I didn't tell, but he was like, don't tell them I told you because they don't want you to know. Yeah. So then like two years after that, or like a sometime after that, my brother and sister-in-law, I told them, I go, oh, so I got on Tinder. I've kind of gotten over this like judgy bullshit I had with the dating apps. Yeah. And then my sister-in-law goes, oh, okay. So I kind of wanted to tell you something. And I go, <laughs> I know you guys met on OkCupid. She goes, oh my God, like, thank God. Like we wanted to tell you, but we just thought you'd be so judgmental. <laughs> I felt really, so bad. I'm don't like, you love that when someone like clocks your judgment yeah. and just like truly like reveals like, like the context of like, oh, this is how people, this is a thing that people truly actually see yeah. in me and like changes the way they act it's around embarrassing. me. I felt like such an asshole. Yeah. I'm like, I hate that they like felt like they had to lie about it, but it was so funny. Cause I'm going, I'm talking to my sister-in-law and she's like, Oh my God. I mean, before I met your brother, I was on everything. I was on meat farmers, like farmers <laughs> United or whatever those are Christian mingle. <laughs> like, Listen, I need to get on a cowboy one for Oklahoma. We'll talk about it. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Um, but before we get into anything else. I should introduce Woo. my very great 
guest. Okay, she's so funny. You know her. She's a comedian. She's a writer. She wrote new show, new show. I'm (laughs) doing so good. New show, Fiddler on the Rooftop Bar. Mm -hmm. Okay, you heard me correctly. Not Fiddler. uh, You know that Fiddler on the Roof? Not that. It's not your grandma's Fiddler. Not your grandma's Fiddler. Not your Bubby's Fiddler. She did, not to be mistaken, with Handmaiden's Tale. She did Handmaid's. (laughs) tail the musical it's just like your tongue wants to go the extra mile no that's why i don't even correct people because truly every every time people call it handmaiden's tale and i i she should have just named it that no disrespect no but she should have just named it handmaid but fuck you you made a mistake (laughs) (laughs) and her name is marsha belsky thank you for coming and being on this show thank you for having me love the idea of the pod i really think we should be encouraged to be talking about crushes and how they affect us Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, like, I just need to hear that because I do know, like, I am realizing more and more as days go on, like, how self-sabotaging it is for me sometimes, you know, like, and has been. But but I also, I think it's good. <laughs> well, I thought about it when you asked me to be on. I'm like, there's no way I'm talking about anyone I've had a crush on for the last 10 years. Like, See, that's the thing. I <laughs> keep doing that. <laughs> I keep doing that and it's not good. No, but I go, it's good because I go so fully the other way that like I make crushes such a big deal in my mind. Like I can't yeah. talk about, and it's like, it really needs to be a little bit more fun than that. It needs yeah. to be a little chiller. Yeah. You yeah. know, it shouldn't. Well, okay. So just, just today I was taking uh, my friend Katie Delaney, like sent me uh well i asked her for it because she tweeted about it and i was like all right give me that link girl <laughs> like it's like a psychology like today um quiz on like uh re- like your relationship behavior or something Is i don't it know attachment style yes yes, yes. I, i'm obsessed with this because i have learned this year that i have i kept calling it an attachment disorder and my <laughs> my friend was like that's not what they're called yeah <laughs> yeah attachment style because i have anxious attachment okay so i was wait we were because we both got like a similar thing and i was like does everyone have this and then it's just different levels but like i and i could say this because she tweeted it so it's fine she tweeted a screenshot hers was like like uh avoidance of closeness yeah 83 okay so she had avoidance of closeness 83 and i had avoidance of closeness 66 so i guess it's not just avoid like we just both happen to be avoidance of closeness interesting i do feel like everybody is a little bit of the styles of attack because this the style attachments i've heard and there are a bunch of different um theories but the three that i've heard are avoidant anxious and secure okay and I kind of don't believe that anybody is truly secure, secure in all of their relationships and are never anxious or never avoidant. Yeah. But I did realize when I read this thing about anxious attachment where it said that uh, it's kind of like, well, it's about to get sad, but like you kind of don't yeah. believe that people love you mm-hmm. and you interpret neutral um, facial expressions or sort as, of neutral reactions yeah. as negative. Yeah. And so I get but see, the thing is, anxious attachment is the type of girl who or person who if you don't text them back in five minutes, they start blowing up your phone, calling you 100 times. I don't do that externally. I just freak out internally. So if somebody doesn't text me back for like 10 minutes in my mind, even with my boyfriend that I was dating for like two years, every time that happened, I'd be like, I knew it. It's over. Mm-hmm. He's whatever. And yeah. like, that is true. Anxious attachment where it's like, for sure, but it's gotten a lot better, which is nice since that's I recognized good. the problem like about a year ago. Yeah. See, like that's good. I mean, I, 
I think it's like I'm I've recognized, you know, like, oh, maybe I put on like a thing with a person, you know, like yeah. and I'm con well, this podcast truly it's so stupid, but like I've realized like how much I, you know, like I want people to take me seriously and I want people to want to be close to me. And yet like I think a lot of people like in my day to day, like in my life, don't do the work to like get there or like are totally. not interested. So now I've like flipped it where I feel like no one was taking me seriously and people. Well, OK, well, really what, what it was was like someone fucking described me as bubbly and I wanted to throw <laughs> myself like against the wall. I'm like, I am not fucking bubbly. I, I am a just because I'm like, you know, does yeah. not mean I am not a like sad person who's like gone through shit. So now I'm like, you're like, I hide shit. Yeah. Yeah. But now I have this fucking podcast and now I just yell about it, which in and of itself is oh, another performance. But that happens but. too with avoidant people because mm. they actually have an easier time sort of expressing to like anonymous audience than yeah. interpersonally, which is how a lot of performers are. Like yeah. I, it's true what you said though too, because with the, it's kind of you reacting to the way people are where I think it's hard to know people our age if they're naturally avoidant mm -hmm. or if we've adapted to this like hookup culture where yes. you, every time that you just try and be normal and put your feelings out there, you kind of get burned or people act like, let's just like be chill and like da da da. And it's like, Absolutely. nobody's chill. No, this is like the, been the theme of the last few episodes slash just like the last couple of months for me is I'm like, okay, truly I need to redefine my relationship with sex because like it was chill and fun and games for a long time. And now I'm like, no, I want to fucking like even, okay. See, like, I know I'm going to break my rule. I'm going to break my rule because if I hang out with goddamn Miami Max, listen, it has to be full circle for me. I have to like at least make out with him tonight. You truly have to. I have to. So that's a that's an exception. To oh, the tonight. Rule. Love this. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, because that's the thing before is, the podcast drops. <laughs> no, honestly, because I'm like, no, 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 no. I am going to be taken on dates. I'm going to go on a date. I'm going to maybe kiss someone one night and then the next night, maybe a little bit more. And then what, you know, I know. like I am going to have that because I have never truly had that. I know I'm too impatient. Like it's exactly. just as hard. Like that's my thing too. It's like part of the way that I attach to people is I get really attached really quickly. And mm -hmm. then like, I'm constantly like, disappointed or just like constantly like anxious and yeah so but then it's like you try and chill that out a bit and like go on the dates and like really take it slow and then I just start to feel like they don't like me or totally. like it's hard because or it's like the shine of like the idea of me is gonna fade more and yeah. more <laughs> but every exactly that's yeah. really what my biggest thing is is like just feeling like people like the idea of me and then when I'm a real person they're like mm. yeah that's a lot. <laughs> no, 100%. And I don't know what I'm, I don't know if I am working for, towards and helping or against all of that by like screaming all of this onto a podcast that like is so easily accessible. I you think know? it's good to get it out. I mean, it's hard because like, we all just want to like focus on ourselves. And I really do think that that's the best, like that's what I've been doing and will continue to do because I do think it's just more of a waiting game than anything. Just finding the person or people yeah. that you fit well with. And cause it is true that when you do find somebody to be with looking back, you understand why every little situation that didn't work out, didn't work out. Cause there's yeah. something wrong about it that you can't force, totally. you know? And but yeah, like it's just, it's hard. It's hard to like, and I, but I think it's good that 
to let it out because mm-hmm. it, when you keep it all in, you just start to feel crazy. And when other people are like, I do that exact same thing too. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not psycho, but you got to focus on yourself. But then it's hard because you do that. And I feel like it goes both ways where you start to just get really into your routine as a single person. It can be yes. hard to change. Exactly. But also I don't think we're the type of women that really even have the choice of compromising our lives for men. I'm just like not ever going to choose a man over myself. Totally. If I would have done, if I am that person, I would have moved to LA for like eight of my (laughs) LA crushes already. (laughs) Uh, I have, I I developed like impossibly. I like conjured a new LA crush, like within the last couple of like weeks. I'm like, okay, cool. So now that's the person I'm obsessed with. And actually, in love with and that's the end goal <laughs> oh I've totally done I mean I had this one boy was like nice to me in LA like <laughs> for like 30 minutes and I was like oh my god we're in love like this is so sad he's obsessed with me <laughs> and then like just like nothing <laughs> I'm like oh. this one truly does not even follow me back on Twitter <laughs> but like but like strangely follows me back on Instagram now but like is like friends of other people that, and then like I text my friend about it and I'm like oh my god and like I'll admit it. I listened to him on a podcast. And I was like, wow, love him. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, he's so great. And then she'll text me about him. And I'm like, this is terrible. I love it. Give I it get, all to me. But then I wonder like how much they're doing that to us. Like that's, what's hard because I do feel like Ooh, girls really, never thought of that. we evaluate all this stuff because I think that it's the same. It just manifests differently because the way that we do it is we talk it to death. We scare, we share screenshots. Like, yeah, exactly. and this is what men are very afraid of is that they know that anything they say to us is being said to 100 of our closest friends like and I get why that would be hard and that's why it's hard because I'm so like extroverted but also very like private in a way so I think these guys getting into it with me think that I'm gonna like blast their business everywhere and I don't really do that yeah so like and when I have breakups and stuff it's very quiet it's very private I don't really like subtweet or things like that unless I have Mm -hmm. a really good one unless you you, yeah I mean sometimes it just comes to you exactly but um yeah like and I just get I do the thing too where I get really obsessed with the idea of somebody and have to now in the last Mm -hmm. few years catch myself because you build up this person on a pedestal and I feel like it's what guys are doing to me so I don't want to do it to them that's true but yeah I do think like I just this year started having the thought maybe because my self-esteem was so low just like (laughs) whenever I get obsessed with a guy even if it's not that guy obsessed with me back there are definitely men doing that to us like online forming Mm. crushes and I only know that because I started dating this one guy and he told me that his friend was really bummed out when we started dating because he had had this crush on me which you're not supposed to tell the person it's like really mean to tell me yeah (laughs) but I was like oh I forget that like you're a person to other people yes oh also by the way you're listening to my podcast and it's classroom crush and I'm Rebecca Classroom crush. they'll know that from the title you know (laughs) and you know it's about childhood crushes and now we're talking about it okay so where do you who do you want to talk about do you know like a specific person or just like Are we just going to go through? What do you want? I mean, I was thinking about that because I was trying to think of specific crushes that like really affected me. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely one, but it's and there's a few, but there's one that I would never name by his real name. And I think that even if I even if I talked about it, because like I'm still friends with a lot of these guys. And the way that I work is because I really do keep it so close to the chest. Like 
I don't even want them to know years later that yeah. I used to have a crush on them because I never told them. And then we just once I kind of got the sense that they weren't interested, mm-hmm. I just, you know, we just were friends. Well, is it like if they found out, is it like, oh, how embarrassing or is it? Like, oh, I don't want this to be uncomfortable. Like, where does it, yeah. where does it come from? Well, with one of my friends, it's like he had to have known. I was like seriously in love usually, with him from yeah. like ages 19 to 22. Mm-hmm. And he only hooks up with like really, really thin women. Yeah. Like that's just I his. How boring of him. I know. And I just so then I started to notice that and I started to notice that the girls he had crushes on were always like very, very thin. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to go there because to be rejected by him would have like crushed me. Mm -hmm. And we had this real like kind of flirty relationship that I was obsessed with. But there's a lot of that. There's like um, I call it the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga where Ah, the like hot theater guy like flirts with you because he like assumes that you know it's a joke and then you start to like him and then one day he walks in with like a supermodel girlfriend and you're like oh that's right even though you're not that much cuter than me because of society you're way out of my league somehow oh um this happened to me i mean this happens to me all the time but like for context i work at a coffee shop uh at like where all the Broadway theaters are like oh literally 40 um, West 44th like you know just musical theater actresses all day absolutely but for a long time like the original cast of the ferryman were like like a lot of them were here were like they were regulars they were pals you know yeah and I thought I was flirting with one of them <laughs> I was like we are so flirty me and the, and he's like a hot one he's like <laughs> hot he's gonna be a star he's like in movies yeah and I was like, oh, my God, we're so fun. We f- we, flirt, we flirt, whatever. <laughs> and then I got to, like, watch him, like, truly flirt with someone else. Yeah. And I was like, oh, OK. No, I was wrong. Oh, you like her. You know, and she's <laughs> like, and she's a very pretty. She, she, I mean, she was just like, but I was also listening to this. And I was like, oh, fuck this. Honestly, she's like a, an acting student. Uh-huh. Right. And she's like hot and skinny and whatever. And she's like, I, she, like, starts talking to them and. They're like talking and she's like, yeah, you should like come to this class. And I'm like, bitch, they're on Broadway. They're not going to come to your acting class. But he will if he wants to fuck her. No. And then like (laughs) later, like as weeks go by, I'm like, oh, and they would both show up at the same time sometime or like they'd see each other and be like, oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Text me after the show. I'm like, okay, so this is like fully become a thing. And it's like I didn't expect anything, but I really thought that I had a vibe. And then when you see that. There is a vibe, though. It's just that I'm telling you, like, and this is not all guys like, but it's the way that they're trained versus the way that we're trained. And it really is like they flirt with you and they probably are interested, but they've been given an idea of a woman that will prove them to be a desirable man. Yeah. And they only want that woman. It's like the, it's like the guy who made the post. I love my curvy wife. I love him. It's like they, <laughs> they see it. As I stand. Sort of, I know <laughs> they see it as some sort of like bold resistance. Yeah. Like, and speci- yeah, like to be like, and that's like, changing and it's like my therapist is always like okay you that's your confirmation bias because I only see when that happens and I don't see when it doesn't yeah but it is really hard because like there are guys and they are flirting with you but then they end up with somebody who is like you know more more like conventionally attractive Mm -hmm. and in my opinion like 
either willing to bolster their ego more than their own yeah. or in a place where the guy feels it's manageable where it's like my career I'm working at it it's growing it's gonna keep growing and mm-hmm. when you're in a good place in your life and the guy's not in a good place that's just like never gonna it's work for them but when I'm in a shitty place and the guy's in like a good career place like they just expect that that's fine you ever because heard of the last can, five years exactly <laughs> you can yeah. bolster their ego you can you know and and they see no problem there's so many women who just like take the back seat to their yeah. guys that it's not seen as a problem but if a guy takes the back seat to a woman you know think about how people try and emasculate serena williams's husband and yeah. like just and it, so society does do it and it just takes a really strong man to be like they're wrong and fuck that and yeah. i want i love this woman you know and i think for context i do have to say that we're both brow kings and we, we got both the brows have- uh, curly big hair. I know and that's I why I like- just like connected. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you know like, how it is. Like, I know how it is. Did you have like a lot of examples of um the type, like the different type of girls that people were into, like in high school? Did you ever have, um, like, oh, I have my like skinny blonde friend, and now they're dating a guy that I have a crush on. Oh yeah, I mean that's like the story of my whole life. Yeah, and it's just like brutal. I'm the one with the personality, and they're the hot one, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they often had great personalities, but that's but- what the way that we are taught to compete with each other, and the way that we're viewed through the male gaze is like I said, is it's always looks first, and then. And you'll hear it the way people talk about their girlfriends, and that's why mm-hmm. I think we internalize that, where they're like oh my God, like everyone always starts with she's so hot and then they go, but you'd be surprised because she has a really good job. Yeah. She works with kids. You know, it's this, don't worry, there's an also, but it's never, you know, it's always the comment on the looks first, which it's not not to say that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen to men. Yeah. But we just know that basically like a man can overcome his looks through jobs through success and you know there's a lot of pressure on men in that way to have success but they think they're taught that with enough success you can buy Mm -hmm. a woman basically or at least earn one and then you've overcome whatever looks your whatever station your looks put you in yeah women cannot overcome their looks no matter what they have in terms of how they're seen i've had like this weird thing recently where i mean these are probably things i should not be talking about like two guys but also fucking who cares they should know Like, I've been a lot more open recently about how, like, yeah, it has fucked me up to be the before picture in, like, (laughs) you know, it like, in the makeover. Yeah, yeah. I hate because that's what people do, too. They're, like, whenever you're just talking honestly about how people treat you, they're, Mm -hmm. like, but you're so beautiful. And you're, like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the world treats me differently than an 80-pound woman. Exactly. And especially, like, guys have, like, this gut reaction. Like, I don't know. I don't know what my goal is, but I'm just like, maybe just like, listen, I don't know because they, but he's like, they're always just like, I don't get that. I don't get that, man. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But like, don't get what, like they, they don't get that, you know, I haven't my entire life been like insanely confident. You right. Know? And it's like, I don't know what I want them to say or not, but I mean, if we're going to talk about shit like that and talk about like, race shit and talk about all that like i'm gonna be honest about it 
And I just don't like that. I overwhelm guys like that a lot, too, because I'll just talk about whatever. And they kind of they're they're literally not used to women doing that because women know how men talk. We're forced to. We know how men talk when we're not around. It's in all of our movies. We know how we're talked about. Men do not know how women act when they're not there. Yeah. And they they can only kind of imagine it. And that's why I think they get very fragile when they realize that like, you know, even the mousiest conservative woman, you know, has probably joked about killing men before, you know, totally. I think they just like, don't know how to, I don't know. Or when they like you, they don't know how to handle you kind of, they want to solve things, I think. So like, they they don't know. Like you can't fix me and like all of these years and years of shit ingrained or but also the the women they hook up with like still are reflective of their values so a lot of this oh god i'm forgetting her name and it makes me upset but this woman so i'm sorry if who's ever listening that i can't credit who did this but she wrote this really great article about she called herself fat and Mm -hmm. she was like you know it's annoying because when i call myself fat to the men i'm with they always say something along the lines of no, you're not fat. I don't like fat girls and I like you. And it's because they have this. No, no, no. You can't label yourself as something that might reflect on my abilities as a man. Yeah. And even if it's you're like, I don't see this as negative anymore. I just want to call my body what it is. And I want you to see my body for what it is. Men would rather just be like, no, no, no. Like, you're not that big and, you know, whatever. Men would rather just be like, no, no, no. No, no, no. So and it goes, you know, it's like they're it's a, they take it as a very individual indictment. And it's yeah, not totally. it's not anything about the individual guys who do this because we're all products of our socialization. Yeah, and, then, and then it's a tough thing to balance, too, though, because it's like. I'm trying to be more vulnerable, et cetera, Ugh, yeah. you know, like in a one-on-one capacity. But if I feel like anything I say is going to be, you know, sort of micromanaged by like a person needing to like to annotate it with like, but I don't feel that. I'm like, okay, right. bleh, you know, it's yeah. okay. Anyways. No, it's true. Yeah. But that's like, like, um, when you were saying earlier, uh, what was it? Oh no, I lost my train of thought. Listener. I apologize. Um, But yeah, just how, oh, like, you know, where you want to make the conversation flow. And like, Mm -hmm. for me, I'm kind of inadvertently a real people pleaser. So if I know it's going to make the situation more comfortable, I'll hold back what I really want to say sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's like part of that. And then it goes on and on and they don't hear it because if I'm doing that, then what are other women doing even more than, you know, like, although sometimes it's surprising because like. I'm kind of confident in this one area of my life and very insecure in another. And I know women who come across as very insecure, but are actually like really confident when it comes Mm -hmm. down to dating and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you always um, like been a romantically inclined person? Like, did you want obsessed from the beginning, from the start? I did, but I, I'm not one of these people that always has a boyfriend. I kind of always have like long, Mm -hmm. breaks in between and then I'll have these sort of month-long things in between relationships and it's hard because I always saw that as something wrong with me because all of my friends who were like hot were basically serial monogamous where they always Mm. had a boyfriend yeah and um that just wasn't ever me and then I saw that as like oh it's because men don't want to date you or something like that when really it was 
I'm really not willing to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. I don't assume that a guy likes me, which a hot girl kind of always does. Yes, totally. And cause they kind of always do. So it's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> it's not like that much jumping. And, yeah. You know, and I think that men are into me more than I assume because I've overcorrected from my like adolescent experience. Mm-hmm. And, but then it's like, I'd, I'd always rather assume that's the whole not wanting to ask somebody out, not wanting people to know that I like them because for some reason that feels so intensely vulnerable to me yeah. that I'd always just rather assume they don't like me and never try. Mm-hmm. But then now I'm like 30 being like, that's sad that I've done that for so long. You it's know? hard though. I mean, well, were you, um, did you put your like feelings out there when you were younger? Hell no. Okay. No. So From a very young age, know. I remember being, Maybe more so like in middle school. No, my first my first kiss was like spin the bottle. You know, oh it god. was like it was for like where well, I'm like when eighth grade. Yeah. Oh my god, everyone's so gross in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> His I name was Benny. It. Benny. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He's probably a Trump supporter now. Honestly, probably was was it like were were you excited to have like gotten it over with or yeah. were you okay that's how i was with sex eventually too same yeah same, absolutely i lost my virginity pretty because my first boyfriend i had when i was 15 first well first like serious like sexual boyfriend mm-hmm. and i was obsessed with him fully in love thought we were going to like go to college together get mm-hmm. married now looking back it's laughable and we're still friends yeah and um yeah, so that was really the first time that... What was he like? Why were you, like, so into him? I mean, it was one of those things that where just time. every piece of our life fit together in a way that I thought would never happen because I was, like, the super druggy party kid. I loved... Like, that. we, we basically bonded doing blow together when I was, like, really young. Yeah, yeah. Where did you, you grow up? Oklahoma. So Oklahoma. There was, <laughs> Oklahoma. So there was like this whole thing where I was like kind of a little baby cokehead where um my local I'm from Tulsa and the town actually ended up having this big newspaper expose because there was all of this cocaine coming in and all of these high school kids were doing it because it started with the private school kids and then it filtered down basically mm-hmm. to the public schools. Was this like a smaller or bigger school? My school was pretty big, okay. um, but not if you're from like a bigger city like Miami or like Mm -hmm. even I always think of Chicago like when I met kids from Chicago who had 3,000 kids in their high school I couldn't conceptualize that yeah totally we had probably I think like maybe 200 per grade or something like that and that was considered a pretty big public school yeah um and yeah so then I met this guy we had all these mutual friends which were all like the artsy kids that I thought were cool were you like an artsy kid I you know what's funny is that I was creative, but I only once I found comedy did it make sense how. Okay. Um, but I was just kind of like I think a likable schmoozer in a way. <laughs> so like I and I did uh theater, but by the time that I was in high school, I basically quit because I didn't think that like these kids would find it cool. And I've oh, okay. kind of and even these, though like that's like stuff, cool artsy kids. Just even like I was hanging out with older people. I had a job. Yeah. So I was just obs- and that was my boyfriend after my first boyfriend was I, I dated and moved in with a twenty five year old when I was like sixteen. And Shit. I mean and that was horrible. That affected me more than anything because he's, you know, basically sexually groomed me like just like a freak and um but before that and I think that that I kind of went into his arms because I was emotionally rebounding off of this guy my Mm -hmm. own age who 
cheated on me and dumped me but um okay yeah so let's get into it so that so yeah that was like my first boyfriend and it was just he did musical theater mm-hmm. he was tall funny and honestly like height is not something i care about now mm-hmm. i really don't and I do think, I mean, honestly, like men are fine. All they have to worry about is height, balding and penis size. And we have (laughs) everything else. But I do not. I don't make the type of like small dick, short men. I don't I don't like that stuff. Um, And I I honestly like short men because my mom told me so early that if you find a man who's short and comfortable with himself, he'll treat you better than anybody. That's that's But they have to be comfortable with themselves. They can't have like a Napoleon complex. So when you were, uh, when you, did you project any like feelings onto whoever you kissed, like in your spin the bottle sesh? Yeah. Were I you think that I wanted of- to date him. Yeah, yeah. I guess I've always looking back, like gotten attached in some way if mm-hmm. we're being physical. And I think that that's normal. And I hate that I was made to feel like that somehow wasn't normal. Because well, like all of the movies are like. Oh God, she's we're gonna have sex with her and she's gonna think she's gonna go crazy, she's gonna fall in love yeah. with me, you know. But that's that's a that's another like societal thing where I actually think that leaves men in a lot of pain too, because I know a lot of men who have had casual sex like their whole adult lives Mm -hmm. and then they're like, why am I unhappy? How come I feel like the women who are with me are using me? How come that like especially I met this guy who got famous like pretty young Mm -hmm. and he was telling me he's like you know I just have problems like meeting girls and I go yeah because you're meeting girls who like you for what you are not who you are and you're having casual sex because why shouldn't you but then you're finding yourself unfulfilled and they have avoidant attachment issues because they want somebody to be intimate with but then Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it they have this like oh sorry can't do it you know did you feel like um with your first boyfriend was that like a reciprocated like intimate um emotional like yeah sexual relationship we were obsessed with each other that was the first because that's what's crazy is you really harden yourself after your first love he was a theater kid but he was also partied with this group that i did we were both virgins we were both all of our friends were like 18, 19 and he was 16 and I was 15 and you know, like he wanted to party and like played in like a punk band and were you like, um, this was my very much, but also like theater and stuff. Yeah. No, like in, in arts high school, my vibe was like, I went passionate love i want to fucking sit in nancy oh i had wanted it my whole yes i had been looking for it and then yeah and then you know when i found him like it's it's funny looking back because like i feel like it's only the first time that you let yourself be like of course you fall in love again but that's why they say the first heartbreak is so brutal because Mm -hmm. like there's nothing like the trust of not knowing what heartache is and falling in love yeah and so i was just like all in and then when he broke up with me because we had a brutal breakup because I my dad is a professor and my dad taught abroad in Mm -hmm. London so we stayed together we were together for like a year before that then we stayed together for the whole time I was in London which was like four months Oh, okay he came to visit me I took him to Paris for his birthday like all this crazy stuff and we're like 16 which is like shit you never get to do when you're 16 yeah unless you're like I guess like from like you know uh, some extremely fancy family yeah and um so then 
I came back from London and basically, and I was going, I had transferred to his high school, which seems like a psycho thing to do, but it was that I couldn't go back to my old school Mm because there was like this, they wouldn't take my credits from England. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to this other school. Yeah. And And it just happens to be that. Well, and I chose his because I was like, we're going to be together and I know all of his friends and it's perfect. Yeah. And then like, on New Year's Day, like seriously, like four days before I was starting at his new school, he came to my house. We broke up. And then I Why? found what out was his reason. It was like he was just acting really weird. And then finally I was like, and this is what I always do because I think I have anxious attachment. So I'm and I think I had it even kind of then mm-hmm. and where I am. I'm not the type of person who is going to sit there and try and force a situation. Like if I can sense that the other person is out in any way, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's call it. Yeah. And like, you don't want to like, it's very vulnerable to actually like, yeah, I don't want to be dragged along. Shit. And yeah. I also hate this. Nothing feels worse than being embarrassed. And I, hate when mm-hmm. men embarrass me whether accidentally or whatever because it's like just t- don't embarrass me by staying with me for three weeks mm-hmm. while you're telling people behind my back you don't want to be with me while yeah. you're you know I really hate that and when I hear other people doing it I really have no tolerance for it because no it's I shit. hate somebody being embarrassed and they don't know I think it's so yeah. and it's cowardly because I hate when guys are like oh yeah I wanted to break up with her forever and it's like so who well so then do it yeah fucking do it you're a coward like you well, want the both like that's what drives me fucking crazy i mean like it's so i don't want to have to straight up like fully ask you hey do you have a girlfriend because yes. that's va- vulnerable because why would i be asking that question <laughs> that's very vulnerable that's basically just me asking me telling you that i like you yeah i don't want to have to do that but it's a pattern i'm constantly going back and forth like going through things where I'm like flirting with someone and I think I am giving them ample opportunity (laughs) to tell me that they have a girlfriend and they don't. And then there I am putting myself out there and they've had a girlfriend this whole time. But they're doing that on purpose too. They want to feel single even when they're with somebody and they want to feel like with, and we're, and that's not just, I'm just talking about guys because that's who like I have dated to at up until this point. And I just like, we all do it in a way, but yeah. it just is frustrating because they're greedy. Like, and it's just like, you want both, you want everything. And they do want us to like them. That's yeah. what frustrates me is that, and I don't really do that. Like if I'm not interested in a guy, I don't want his sexual interest, but yeah, when guys right? aren't interested in you, they still want you to be interested in them. And I know plenty of women who string along guys that they're not interested yeah. in, but yeah. it's just not something I do. And I don't like when it's done to me, but then they also have to like, once I, cause if I do finally like get to the point of like actually asking someone out, like then now like, see, fuck you. Now you have to reject me. And you know, yeah. like I know it's not fun for anyone to reject anyone, like now, but now you have to send me that text or whatever. You exactly. Know? Well, it's hard for my ego too, because like so much of this stuff really is timing mm. and it's just like, that's why I'm saying. Like sometimes when you finally do get into it with somebody, you look back and you realize why the other things were never going to work. Yeah. And it's, and there's not a solve for that, but like, that's the thing that I've found with this show. Like a lot is I'm like, just like people, especially who are like crushes in, you know, like at a job or something like people you're not seeing every day. You don't know everything about their lives. It's like, I only know you through the context of me mm-hmm. and everything I'm putting on to you. 
and that's like, so you have true. a whole life outside of these interactions and i'm like my ego's like i don't want you to yeah but <laughs> it's also like what am me. i supposed to do with that you i know. know anyways back to your breakup so you're are yes. you are you like totally you're totally devastated or? well yeah so because it was like a lot of my firsts were with this guy like it's funny because we didn't have sex in the park but like the first we hooked up like in a park and I got poison ivy from my oh toe my to my butt oh when my I was God. like 15 years old literally like a fucking like 2004 yeah, um, high school movie yeah. <laughs> I know no exactly like yeah and um but and it was like you know our family is like it was just truly like love from the movies and I didn't yeah. understand like what can happen and also we both changed and I think that he realized that he was about to change a lot and he wanted to hook up with a bunch of people and yeah. like I the the thing with me is like once I do I'm very loyal in terms of like friendships and stuff and so then if I'm interested in a guy I really am not thinking about other guys which mm-hmm. is very intense for them because I feel like even when they're really interested in a woman, they're always kind of thinking Thinking, about other women. Yeah. And so I think when they read that off of me, they feel that as something very intense or like obsessive when it's kind of just that I don't have to take it as a compliment. (laughs) It is a compliment. Yeah. yeah. And also I, I move on very quickly. So it's like, yeah, I was into you right now because you were into me. But once you're not into me, don't think I'm going to be sitting here staring at your, you Mm -hmm. know, photo. Yeah. But yeah, so we, I came back and then right before I went to his school, we broke up and it was brutal because he was being very cold to me because he had dumped me. I kind of still wanted to keep that intimacy, didn't understand how to approach it. Keep and the like me intimacy in, in what way? Like, like, you know, we still had. Like yeah, a- like I didn't I didn't know what to do because being around him was really hard. Not being around him was really hard. Mm-hmm. And then my best friend told me and it was it's crazy because this was like a movie where it was like probably a week after we broke up and then and she had been acting a little distant towards me and I couldn't figure Mm -hmm. it out and then finally she goes look they're gonna kill me but I don't care because I love you but she was like Sam cheated on you the day before he oh my god I just said his name I'm sorry if he's he's always like him and I are really good friends and he's he's a good guy like he's just you know we were 15 it's like shit happens yeah and um but she's like Sam cheated on you and um and it was with our mutual friend and she's like you know they were all over each other at New Year's and I said what about Marsha and the girl was basically like I don't care like fuck Ugh. her this girl like at the time which I didn't realize like I don't know like had something like where basically she wouldn't hook up with the guy that I was with when he was still a virgin because she didn't want to take his virginity uh, then I then took she- his virginity <laughs> and Thank she you, was Marcia. like that's fine yeah so then um He's hot, but I don't want to deflower. Right. So then, um, so then karma would be though that like three days later, they ended up getting arrested together. Him oh and the girl God. that he cheated on. Um, and then later, I think that that girl, because she had only had really bad experiences with other girls where I think that she expected a fight that she would be able to play back in. Like I'd be a bitch to her. She'd be a bitch to me. I'd be a mm-hmm. bitch to her. And I was just like, my problem's not with you. It's with him. You know, yeah. we're fine. And then she, that's very mature. And she like, and I wonder if I would actually handle that much more immature at this point. But at mm-hmm. that point I really had no problem with her. And 
Cause I mean, obviously she hurt me, but her and I weren't close. So I'm like, I, you know, I'm not going to start some fight with you. Also, she was very scary. And I'm like, I'm not going to get into this with you. (laughs) You just got arrested. Yeah. (laughs) And then later we became friends and like, she kind of, I think was surprised and maybe a little touched by my kindness because I, and she felt really bad for what she did and talked to our, cause basically my best friend was like also her best friend. So Mm -hmm. we had a mutual friend, but her and I weren't very close. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, you know, I was very, very hurt for a while. He started very seriously dating a girl after me mm-hmm. um, who was very thin, which is like a trigger for me. Yeah. And like, um, were you, well, can I ask, were, did you guys start as friends or was it like automatically like a, no, I like. It was like we met and within a week, like he was at my house and whirlwind. we, like, yeah. Cause, and that's what was so exciting about it was like. Mm-hmm. He got my number and then like a couple days later was like, want to meet at Barnes and Noble? You know, that was where we all dated in high school. We'd sit and read like astrology books at Barnes and Noble. Coral Gables, uh, shout out South Florida, Coral Gables, uh, freaking shout out Barnes and Noble for sure. At Tulsa, it was actually, I said Barnes and Noble because that's what people recognize. It was was actually Borders. Yeah. It was Borders books. Which closed, R. I think. R. Yeah, I think it's closed Borders now. Borders is fucking dead in Long the water, dead. dude. And now they have, it's crazy, because they actually have a physical Amazon bookstore where I think a Borders used to be in the it's, city. Yes, I remember reading something about this. Yeah. It's truly fucked up. So weird. But um, had had do you think he was the first person to, at least of your knowledge then, like really express interest in you? Or had you... Not interest, but it was like this whole new level. Because I had had guys that worked in some areas of my life but not all because I was becoming this it's not something I'm like proud of but like I was and still am like a huge stoner and Mm -hmm. like and so my my first real boyfriend before him um was this guy I dated in ninth grade and it's funny because he ended up by the end of high school like smoking a lot of weed but we dated and he was like still kind of Christian and Mm. I'm Jewish, but like beyond that, it was like just religion and religious in general is like, can be a little stiff and yeah. yeah. And he was religious. And like one time he found out that I had smoked pot like six hours before we hung out and he (laughs) freaked out and he was just like, and then it was funny because then him and I broke up and then my next boyfriend after that was this guy who I lost my virginity to. Mm-hmm. And he, I went to Jewish summer camp and I didn't Ooh. cheat on him, but I basically oh. like kind of did. We're like, this guy like grabbed my ass. Like, and, I, like, <laughs> and that was like third base at the time. And I was yeah. like, it's we literally didn't do it. I don't even think we made out. Like we might've kissed. He just like had a hand on your ass at some yeah. point. You remember that? And I feeling. never told the guy I was dating. And then, Scandalous. but then years later, cause then after me, he ended up in a long-term relationship with a friend of mine, but it was fine. Cause him mm-hmm. and I were friends. And, um, he, she told me, she's like, yeah, well, you know, he was convinced that you cheated on him at Jewish <laughs> summer camp and he told everybody like Marsha cheated on me and he like really kind of hated me for a while, but he just covered it up. But oh my God. it was never going to work with him because and we never had sex and it just didn't feel like it was going that way. We don't really have like that chemistry. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. And then with Sam, it was like he was just like everything I wanted because he I like guys who are like masculine and feminine to like compliment me in a way like they have in to be a ways? little bit yeah it's hard to. it's just they have to be um 
in touch with their feminine side, if that makes sense. Like, and how does that manifest though? Like, cause I have like it's my interesting. versions. Of, I mean, when I was um, in high school, I was very much into like, like people who just physically were like very in quote unquote androgynous or whatever, like pretty. See, I'm not even like, necessarily into that. Yeah. Um, although it's not a deterrent necessarily, yeah. but um, I think it's more about their personality. I need them to be, just comfortable in themselves. I can't sense any sort of shame around the feminine sides of them. Mm -hmm. And also they have to be, it's really hard to explain because it's kind of these intangible things where it's like, I need them to have a softness that matches my hardness. And I need them to have a hardness that matches my softness. Yeah. In the different ways that that, and so it's hard to find someone. And that's where like nice comes like, you know, shy, nice comes in. Exactly. Like, I mean, I know that that's like, I like need some. I feel like I need someone to be like as like kind of aggressively soft and nice with me that will make me valuable. You know what I mean? I'm nice. Like I treat the people I'm with nice. And I think that some guys when they start dating me, especially now, if they've maybe like seen my comedy or something, they they think I'm not gonna be that maybe yes i think that's some i think i'm not a dominatrix in bed i'm submissive i'm dominant in my daily life i want to be relaxed oh my god literally this is a thing i'm like okay sexuality is not that complicated (laughs) if i'm like so loud and have such a dominant person personality like obviously i don't want to do that sexually either like i literally even hate dirty talk because i'm just like when i hear my voice Absolutely. I think of like talking Marsha and I'm like, I don't want to be talking Marsha right now. I want to be sexual Marsha. <laughs> I mean, I think like, honestly, if you are just loud mm-hmm. in any way that like weirdly translates to maybe not nice. And I'm like, no, I'm like actually very kind and like sensitive, but also I'm kind, but like a lot of times they don't like it. And now I've realized that that's not a man I would ever want to be with. But for a long time, it made me feel like I should change my approach because when I would be nice to them, they take that as this sort of like, well, why can't she do better? Mm. And they, and then some of my girlfriends who like really are mean, not Mm. like mean, mean, but like very direct, don't really care about the guy's feelings that they're with or don't make it a priority. And guys like that. Like they like to be put in their place. They like to feel like they need to earn you. That's why I don't like asking out guys. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think people are surprised that I'm like old fashioned in this way because I'm not really old fashioned. It's just that I do think whether it's society or whether I don't think it's like a natural thing necessarily, but men do like to be the pursuers. They Mm -hmm. like to pursue. They like to chase. And there is something about like, as soon as you're like, okay, chase over, you got me. They're like, bye. (laughs) I think I'm at the point and, and I'm at the point where I think it's just fucking boring to be mean to be like distant because it's also it's not in my nature i'm like if if i were to withhold and like be a little bit more distant and like be a little bit more like yeah you chase me it's a fucking lie i'm lying i like you it is and i don't like like the lie it's it's just not my personality like it's like i think that you know but i do think with the right person like they don't need that and like but it is hard because i don't really blame when people do that because I think that we all deeply, deeply hate ourselves and we're all trying to love ourselves, but it doesn't get there as quickly. And I think that men, especially like 
when they sense that you like them back or people in general, because I do it too. Like there's something in you that goes, Why? wait, I, yeah. If they like me, how cool can they be? No. Yeah. I mean, I was this, the same guy who told me that he knows that I don't think he's funny. Um, I like, I joked. like that guy. <laughs> I know. It's a whole other thing. I joked. I was like, oh, my God, you're obsessed with me, whatever. Like on this date, I was like, you're obsessed with me. He was like, I mean, yeah, I kind of am. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this energy. But I like that. See, that energy scares me. But I know ultimately that's the type of guy I'm going to be with. Like because they can't they can't. It's a really fine line where they can't put too much pressure on you because that's actually kind of abusive in a way where it's Mm -hmm. like or you can they have to somehow put their feelings out in a way that doesn't demand yours. It just requests it. You know, here's the thing. It, that's all of that shit was fun and cool. And then um, uh, now nah, I'm just saying it all. But, you know, uh, I don't know if he listens uh, again. If he does and he is this far into the podcast, he's obsessed with you anyways. Yeah. So. No. Well, like at some point it was should should you come like back to my place? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm trying not to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like, well, should we get one more drink? I'm like, eh, yeah, sure. You know, we get one more drink. He asked me again. I say yes. Yeah, no, because I fucking do that shit. And then it's that. And then I'm back at his place and I, and, it, and I truly did not intend to. And it's like all of that would have been fucking cool. I also think he was drunk, too. So, like, there's like, you know, an element of that. But it's like I would feel a lot fucking different if he just didn't ask, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't like that they have they've been taught to kind of like wear us down. And like then yeah. we do because we've been taught though to not say what we mean so they're kind of like well she doesn't really mean no because Mm. and then it's hard because i'm like i mean no means no but also sometimes like we say no because we feel like we should because that's Mm. what we're taught it's on us to say no it's on us to keep them at bay it's on us all this stuff yeah you know cross your legs i just feel like and and but like i told him i was like i like gave like a synopsis i was like I'm trying not to hook up. I always do this. It's not good for me anymore. Blah, blah. Like, so he knew. But he doesn't care. But he, you know. No, me and my friend talked about that. Like, it's actually a really big turnoff when a guy just clearly, like, it wants to hook up with you. And then Mm -hmm. you, not, not, it's not a turnoff when a guy wants to hook up with you. But it's a turnoff when you say no and then, like, they wear you down and then you do it. Because then afterwards you're like. Ugh, I wish you just hadn't pushed because like yeah. then and, like, I did it and I don't regret it. I'm consenting. Yeah. It's not about consent. Exactly. It's just like it's just annoying because you would rather have them have the patience and be like, I can wait. You know, well, yeah. the thing is, is like then I just become mad at everyone involved. I'm mad that Me you too. did that. I'm mad that I said yes. Like I know that I said yes and that was fucking stupid. I shouldn't have. Yeah. You know? But like I'm mad at the whole thing, and then and then it taints. And then it. when you like ask me out again, I'm like, I have this. Whole I don't thing want around to. It. I resent. Yeah, yeah. I can build up that type of resentment too, and it's just like it's hard because we're all trying to figure it out, and I've like only all too recently kind of figured out that like they're like people too, but they're people with a mm-hmm. certain privilege, like when it comes to dating, yeah. because like some I think Rachel Senate tweeted like just like for a girl to have a boyfriend in New York, she has to have like all these things. And for a boy, he just has to want a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Basically it's true because we're taught to seek that stability and they're taught to seek that freedom. And then it's just like, you know, it's, but then it's like all of this, I kind of get lost in all these ideas. And then when I break it down, 
it's always just about the individual. Mm. And I obsess over these like notions that are sort of I'm half observing, half projecting. And it's hard to know. Do you think you always did that? Yeah, I think I did because, you know, I always had these massive crushes and and like in musical theater and stuff like I always had a crush on like the musical theater star boy mm, yeah. who like but then in those worlds where they're surrounded by women if they do happen to be straight mm-hmm. like i think it was oh my god the guy who played the teacher on glee i forget <laughs> matthew whatever whatever yeah matthew morrison? Something. morrison yeah he gave this interview where he's like and i was honestly like yeah that's honest because he was like i don't feel self-conscious at all about people thinking that i'm gay because i'm a straight man in musical theater and that has allowed me like basically access to more beautiful women than you could ever imagine yeah. and and they know it i like, wish i was him exactly <laughs> like we all and then i'm like that's why i did when i did lost culture says i did i don't think so honey um straight men in theater because i'm like yeah. don't you have enough like yeah. do you not have enough yeah. but now i've kind of gotten over this like so, like to me now the guys i'm into are more of a full picture and i have gotten a lot better of like what's the full picture just that it's not just um who I see them as on stage if they're a performer mm. like I have to be interested in them off stage because there's there's yeah. been a couple guys that are really funny on stage and you know people like them and then I just like off stage like they're like weird or like intense or mm-hmm. you can't have a conversation I just I have to be able to have a conversation yeah and there are some people I think where you know they can put up with a super eccentric and they're into that and mm-hmm. you know you can but to me it's kind of like I don't care if you're like the most famous guy in the world. If I don't connect with you, I don't yeah. think I could. I, I truly think that like if by some miraculous like reason some celebrity wanted to date me, but I didn't have a connection <laughs> with them, I really don't think I would date them. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, I don't need that sort of thing. No, that is a thing that I'm like realizing more and more. I'm like, I will have huge crushes on these comedy guys who are like fucking weird and what they're all specifically so fucked up. They are. But then like, I'll, I'm like, yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm literally obsessed. And then like, I'll try and like talk to them. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, like I'm projecting everything that I feel like it doesn't have to be oh, romantic. Yeah. Like we're never going to fucking work me and this dude. Cause you I know? think they can sense sometimes when I look back at why certain things didn't work, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like you could sense that I'm just completely seeing you as the idea of you as opposed to mm-hmm. who you really are, which I hate when men do to me, but yeah. I definitely do it to them. But that's why I've really been like working on that in myself and just like, mm-hmm taking a step back and like just being like if it doesn't work that's fine like you know and trying to find that confidence in myself because that's what's been fucking it up is like I kind of have to be fulfilled before I get into it with somebody or else I'm trying to make them sort of like like fill in the gaps. Do you think you did that when you were young were you like trying to um fill some sort of void by like oh yeah like a boyfriend? Yeah I I mean, a lot of it was like, I just wanted a boyfriend for so long. I felt like I never really had the type of like male attention. Mm -hmm. And then now like you kind of grow to a point where you kind of appreciate both the ways you did and didn't have it. Because like I said, like I think that women who are sort of raised like to believe that like they're hot or like Mm -hmm. they are hot or that's how the world treats them. 
you know, they suffer a lot later in life, whether it's they don't develop their personalities or whether it's just that their whole goal set is based on male attention Mm -hmm. because that's what they've been taught their value is. And then when they get older, you know, they freak out and it's really sad. That's how you get like housewives and shit like that because it's like, and that's really reductive. Like I'm not saying anything to reduce those women. Like they obviously have, but it's, that's what they've been taught. Yeah. And that's what they cater their value towards because they're scared that when that value leaves, they have no value at all. Mm -hmm. I feel lucky that that's not how my life was built around. Yeah. I I feel like, you know, I'm realizing more and more. I like, I was alone. I've been alone for like, always you mm-hmm. know and i'm realizing like i don't think i can deal with a guy who like doesn't know how to be alone doesn't know who they are or whatever so i'm like i'm glad that i like yeah if a guy always has a girlfriend that's a huge turnoff totally to yeah totally i'm like fucking tired and i'm like would like a boyfriend but i'm also like good thing that i'm not gonna be having to figure it out while i'm dealing with someone else's emotions yeah you know what i mean i think about that and I also have just taken this immense pressure off myself because I used to like think that I like wanted to like be married with kids by the time I was like 36. For some reason that was like the age in my head forever. 36. I think that's because that's when my mom, my mom had me super late, but she met my dad when she was like 36, 35, 36. So I was like, just have to have it figured out by 36. (laughs) Yeah. And then that was still putting all this pressure on me and you really can't force these things to happen. They just happen when they happen. Mm hmm. And I took that pressure off myself of like, if you don't have kids, that's not what was meant to happen. If you don't have a husband, because now I'm like, I don't even know if I want to get married, you know, in yeah. general, I don't know if that's something I believe in. So yeah, I, there's like this, I did the sketch about it, but there's, there's this Gloria Steinem quote where mm-hmm. she's like, basically, um, the women I know, uh, instead of basically have become the men that they wanted to marry. Mm. So instead of trying to find that fulfillment through a partner, Mm -hmm. putting it as a personal responsibility to yourself to become these traits that you think you can only be near as opposed to actually having. But then when you do that, it does. That's what makes you the type of person that people go, Oh, I thought you were really intimidating when I first met you. Oh yeah. I can't tell you how many times like, i wish they would stop saying excuse. that to me they're, they're, they need that's to just keep it to people themselves. say to me and that's their excuse to me always as to why i'm single it's like well you're really you're a presence you're yeah. really intimidating i remember the way people used to talk about sarah silverman and it is there it's a sexist thing because i because i internalized it where like when sarah silverman was dating jimmy kimmel mm-hmm the a lo- two different people I knew were like, yeah, like she's so funny and she's so beautiful, but she just seems like she'd be really hard to date. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard to figure out how to project a lovableness. And I think I'm still trying to like, I think I'm charming and blah, blah, blah. Like I can, I can talk about, and I'm sure you're the same way. Like I'm charming. I'm fucking funny. I know how to like, you know, I can talk to people. Exactly. But I think it's still, a difficulty to be like what is it about i know that there are things about me that are lovable well what are those things and how do i like put them 
on display or like how do I make them more readily accessible to people that it's like I would like to love this person romantically I mean I have a heart because for me that's intimacy Mm. where it's like I can do that on the first couple dates and I feel like I can get to know people in like a basic way pretty well Mm -hmm. but that next level of intimacy it's like you really can't force it it has to just kind of be there or not be there the chemistry the connection you know and some people, I think they it's also where you're putting your effort, because like I know people who are really good at dating, mm-hmm. but they've put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. And definitely. I'm only just starting to even kind of try and make that effort. And it's Same. not ever going to be a priority for me. The yeah. other stuff is more of a priority for me. And then I'm kind of like, oh, wait, but I'm lonely. Like, exactly. <laughs> and I never want to be in a place because I also think people can sense when you're trying to fit them into an empty puzzle piece Mm -hmm. and nobody likes to feel that way they want to feel like you like them for the individual that they are so it's like i need to be in a place where i can do that yeah and you have to yeah and it's hard after you um broke up with or sam sam and the (laughs) whole thing happened were you trying to like replace that kind of intimacy like ASAP or were you scared of like getting into something again? Like how did that affect you going forward? Yeah, kind of both. I mean, I, it's funny because this is another thing with women is Mm -hmm. that I have never been sadder in my life than when that guy broke up with me Mm because it was my first true heartbreak. Like I was devastated yeah and it's funny because my dad like now sam and i are friends and my dad still wants to like kill him because (laughs) he just and my dad's not like some machismo dad like yeah but um so we broke up and i lost a lot of weight and i was skinny because i was so unhappy and Mm -hmm. i was the skinniest that i had ever been because i basically didn't eat for like a month because when i get depressed i don't eat as opposed to like sometimes I like binge eat but that's more anxiety and then when I yeah depressed I don't eat and so I like got down to like 120 pounds and like and of course as I was sadder than I've ever been in my life oh, no. I'm getting more compliments than I've ever gotten in my life people like you look so good mm. and I'm like literally emotionally I'm dying inside you know because yeah. I had to see him at school every day I had no friend and you you were completely detached right or were you still talking to him like as a friend we stopped talking and then eventually became friends again Mm -hmm. um but what was really nice is that he had this group of friends at school that were mostly girls Uh uh-huh and they really took me under their wing when they didn't have to and they stayed friends with him but they kind of took my side and Mm. and we weren't that close and they kind of were like Marsha's cool and she's gonna be our friend fuck Sam and like those people are still in my life and like they're like really important to me yeah and because that was like I mean if not like I really would have had an even harder time because I'm a social person and I was at a new school and yeah they invited me to their parties. It could have been like triply more traumatizing (laughs) exactly it was a group of four girls and they made me a part of their group and if they hadn't done that I think I would have girl squad exactly (laughs) and I mean honestly like as lame as it was it was like I wanted people to get drunk with and they were like (laughs) this party crew and I felt cool and I was just so happy like and um but then I rebounded with this guy who was also at that school and it's funny because like 
he was like a Republican and like a Christian. Oh yeah. And now like it's, he still follows me on Instagram and I think, and all these guys, that's why it's so funny. Cause it's all these so guys crazy. still watch your stories. That's the thing. Most of the people, like there are a select few of Miami people that I still watch their stories, but I, but, but they all watch mine. They do. It's so low. Well, and that's, what's weird too with like, there's kind of a false intimacy there where like, sometimes I think that can fuck up crushes mm. where like, you watch somebody's stories or they watch yours and you kind of feel like you know them, but then they oh, yeah. really don't know anything about you. And that's the only effort they put in. Like, I hate when I'm looking to see if my crush is watching my Instagram story because it's Literally. really unfulfilling because you can't ever know what it means or if it means nothing. Oh, and especially with people like LA crushes. I'm like exactly. scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and looking for like one name. And I'm like, yes, okay, cool. Exactly. Like, okay, so what? Now he's in love with me because he watched my he Instagram watched story? story? Fucking no. And even sometimes like when they but also maybe. That, <laughs> but that's also, somebody said like, it's like that's the effort that they're willing to put in. And that's <laughs> not enough. Like it's like, you know, yeah. and um. But yeah, so you so rebounded, rebounded, made out with this guy at my school very publicly at a party because cool. I wanted like Sam to see. And it was like then at that same party, like he hooked up with this girl. <laughs> and I was like, uh, who won? <laughs> I know. I mean, it's hard because like uh, our lives just went such different directions that it's so funny to imagine this like 15 year old me that thought I was going to like marry this guy because yeah. then it's like who fu- I, I do also think that there's something in the universe like he devastated me broke my heart and stuff like that but if he hadn't have done that I think I would be on a fundamentally different path right now and it's mm-hmm. like you know I almost want to be like thank you thank now you I'm a for yeah thank you for breaking my heart now I'm hilarious in a way yeah like well that's the thing I think if you I mean everyone has a, their relationships with love the, you know different different kinds of relationships but I think like if you are the kind of person like at least like me and probably you that are like is ve- like a lot of who you are is tied to just like romance or like the idea of romance, just the like, fantasizing like yeah. the crushes that can yeah. end up being like such a fucking integral like trend like see that's the thing I have not had like a big heartbreak Mm because i haven't had the opportunity to be heartbroken because no one has dated me to like that probably is your avoidant in a way because it's like that's what avoidance is like that you almost get there with a lot of people and Mm. then you kind of like pull back when it's about to be that next level i mean like i have my people that i'm like oh yeah chris was my big like miami crush or whatever and like he's a very special important person but like he never broke my heart. He never mm-hmm. was like, we're dating and now we're not. So now I'm like, ooh, when that goes When's down, gonna it's going to suck. I don't know I what's going to happen. I feel lucky in a way. Like I was just devastated over this guy. And then my mom, my dad was kind of like, she's 15. Like, why is she taking this so hard? And my mom's like, this is her first real heartbreak. She's like, I went through yeah. my first heartbreak when I was 24 and I thought I was going to marry this guy from law school. And then he dumped me. She's like, you know, in some ways it's, it's good. She's going legitimate. through this at 15. Yeah. But then I feel like I kind of closed myself off like real not. It wasn't actually right after Sam. I think it was after the older guy. Yeah. Because I they were sort of two opposite ends of the scale where it was like, you know. Yeah, in what way? Just like how Sam broke my heart in the classic way. And 
Jordan broke my heart. And then afterwards I had to realize what a creepy situation it was. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, Sam, we broke up, but I'm not sitting there going, oh my God. And I I would never do it again. And you know, but Jordan, when we broke up, I was like, that shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. And, and we did a long time and I lived with him and you know, he was an alcoholic and it just wasn't good. But, and, um, I think in some ways I was emotionally rebounding because I started to feel more secure once Sam was my own age. And I, so I wanted this older guy because I didn't understand why a high schooler would want to be with me. I always thought they would be with somebody hotter, mm-hmm. somebody, whatever, but in probably a gross way, I understood that an older guy wanted to fuck me and that I could probably keep him huh. and things like that. Interesting. Cause I always like my, the whole, my whole narrative is I was always with old people. Yeah. Like classic, but they usually didn't know how old I was or now people are trying to tell me that like they probably did. I'm like, I don't know what, you tell they definitely me that. did probably no they did but i mean i like had a fake id no and I, they no, knew how I old did? you were yes and they're into yeah. it that's what i had to realize too i thought that this guy liked me because i was so mature for my age and then yeah. i had to realize that he only dated 17 18 year olds after me well too. yeah i mean there are definitely like guys that stand out from miami where it's like oh yeah this person terrible for sure this yeah. was like not a good thing but do you think you internalized like did you actually what you just communicated was that like only afterwards afterward only after i saw that he and this is almost all men who date younger women is Mm. they only date younger women and that's not always because he would kind of they throw off the scent where like when we were broken up we broke up for a little bit and then got back together he you know fucked a bartender who was older and Mm. i was like oh like you know i just kind of thought he'll date anyone he dated a woman who was a lot older than him uh down the line yeah but in terms of who they can control and who they yeah gravitate towards i i think they have a pattern and that pattern is usually young women that they can sexually groom and then i think they test out how much abuse they can get away with because like yeah the woman after me that he dated um we connected later and like it turned. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say, but um, yeah. yeah. So it was just, you know, he's, it was just bad. And yeah. Well, the thing is like, how did that make you feel after that though? Do you, did you like, did you not trust maybe your instincts about? Exactly. I just really closed off after that. And I didn't date anybody at my college who Mm -hmm. was my age. And then my first boyfriend in college was again, like 31. And that's the thing. Like I like it's, it's worse their side of it, but I'm also like conscious of the fact that like I almost always am exclusively into guys that are older than me. But it, but it's, but it's mutually beneficial, and it's yeah. only once you're older that you realize why and how gross it is, and why it's those certain guys. Because mm-hmm. now, if a man I was friends with who was 30 dated a 19 year old, mm-hmm. he would be the saddest guy in the world because he's obviously a loser who women his own <laughs> age don't. Yeah. Respect. And so the reason that he goes for younger girls is because those are the girls that he can still trick, Mm. whether that's what he thinks or not, because whether it's because everybody has to like kind of be okay with themselves, like maybe he's telling himself it's for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But those are the girls who still look at him and go, you're cool. Mm -hmm. Whereas a woman our age has been through it and Mm. they're like, no, Kyle, you're not cool. And I can see that pretty clearly. Yeah. So Kyle's going to go date a 19 year old. Yeah. You know, Like, so it's like, 
that's the pattern and there is a mutually beneficial thing and I don't feel that any of my situations were non-consensual yeah, but that's, that's just me it. I find the situation I have with the older guy I can now recognize how fucked up it is mm-hmm. but everything kind of makes you who you are and I'm not saying that about anybody else's trauma because you know yeah there are some people that I'm sure it's not a sort of well what happens happens yeah. you know everything I get happens that. for a reason and that's not always true you know yeah. sometimes absolutely horrible fucked up shit happens and it shouldn't mm-hmm. but for me personally I think too there's an overcorrection where women mm-hmm. are so victimized that we take it upon it's like almost respectability politics where we're like I'm not a victim mm-hmm. I'm never a victim not like these other girls you know yeah, yeah. but then it's an overcorrection where then I think that we realize later mm-hmm. things that were traumatizing that we told ourselves we were in control and yeah things like that well and that's why like what I've mostly been getting recently is just being like no I'm understanding now like how all of all of these things informed my relationship with sex and intimacy and like yeah I have to work on that I feel that way where I'm like because when I was 15 16 I thought I was 30 I was like I'm Mm -hmm. hanging out with all these older people I'm ready to be an adult yeah I'm like I'm ready yeah and then now that I'm almost 30 I am in some ways going through an adolescence that I didn't have Mm -hmm. not in like a horrible way like it's not like i'm going out knocking over trash cans and shit it's just like where i feel almost more immature in certain ways now than i did back then because Mm -hmm. back then i was forcing it and i was so excited to be an adult no honestly it's like a fake it till you make it thing you're so good at doing that when you're a teen yeah you know but they see it because it's funny because looking back, I didn't understand why all the women who were friends with this guy I knew, they were nice to me, but they didn't like me being around. They were the only ones I couldn't mm. convince. And I got close with the guys he was friends with. And then looking back, it's like, yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not, if, if a guy I'm friends with started bringing around a 17 year old girl yeah. when he's 26, I'm going to be pulling that girl to the side going, hun. Yeah. And that girl's not going to listen because she's got to do what she's got to do. But that's why I'm like, look, I don't like that in some ways society lets them get away with it where all of a sudden these men make themselves the victims. So they're like, yes, I'm 50 and Dane Cook (laughs) and dating a 19 year old. But how dare you judge me? And it's like love is love. But yeah, we see it for what it is, which is that you can't convince women your own age. And why is that? Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to grow and grow to catch up with them, you know that society gives you the privilege to date young women if you have success, power, and even if you don't sometimes, as long as you want. And so it's like, and then you have the reverse with like cougars and stuff. And it's like, look, the power dynamics are different, but I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that an older woman who pursues a younger man can't fuck him up in the same way because it's the same thing with assault. Like, Men are done a disservice because women are seen as victims all the time, but men are never allowed to be seen as victims. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think that if a man dates a woman three times his age and he's fucked up by that, it's not something he's going to admit. He's going to be like, I dated this hot milf or whatever, you know, it's the same as like on a darker level, like um, Larry Wilmore talked about, like if a 12 year old boy is raped by his babysitter mm-hmm. he is presenting it as like yeah i fucking fucked when i was 12 oh listen i had a guy on my podcast larry rogowski talked about how he like lost his virginity when he was like 14 or 13 or something to like a 
older yeah. fucking woman. And it's like, they're not going to see that. They're yeah. not taught that that's messed up in the way that we know the reverse is messed up, but they still can be emotionally affected by that. They're just not supposed to recognize that yeah. sex is only ever supposed to be a good thing for them. It's never supposed to be bad. Whereas for us, we're kind of taught it's a bad thing that can sometimes be good. Mm-hmm. Oh so yeah. It's like, it's so interesting, like hearing people, the way that people talk about sex and I'm just like, just knowing my experiences, I'm like, oh God, like, like I was texting my, my friend, David, oh, one of the many Davids, everyone's name is David, <laughs> literally, um, about just like, I don't know, hooking up or whatever. And he was like, go, oh, yeah, go have sex with him. He's so into you. And I'm like, ugh, no, it's going to be bad. And he's like, no, sex is good. I'm like, no, sex is mostly bad. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> like ruin the idea. Yeah. I feel so lucky to be alive. Like the hookup culture is hard. And I do think that sexual freedom for women, they've very quickly marketed into sexual exploitation mm-hmm. and sort of like, you know, reappropriated the women's lib movement yeah. to like just objectify us. But then one thing I do really appreciate is that like you're going to know, but it's hard to because sometimes like you really love somebody and the sex isn't there. And sometimes the sex is the sex is there Mm -hmm. and you don't really love them. That's why I love that fucking movie. Um, A single man. Do you remember that movie? With Colin Firth? Yes. Well, because that's like, I mean, it's him and he's gay and it's Julianne Moore. Yeah. And there's like a lot. Ford directed that movie, which is crazy. I fucking think of that movie all the time. Like having this connection with someone. I mean, this, in this case, like she's, you know, a woman and he's gay, but like, that's, it's the same thing that, that it can be applied to like, yeah, any situation. I don't know. Watch that movie. There's platonic romance, like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sometimes when I like stop worrying about all of it and I just remember that like it's really just case by case and you Mm -hmm. can't know until you get into it but in the meantime like when I'm bored I just love to fantasize like I love crushes but it can turn on you really quick because I do it like it's like all fun and games and crushes are fun and then I'm like picturing it too much you know like yeah accessible are they people that are like totally accessible? Yeah, same. Depends. Well, that's the thing that's hard to like. I definitely had an LA crush for a while. And I gotta that was, know like, who this is. <laughs> we'll talk after. After, yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. It'd be funny if it's the same guy. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is, but I would. I mean, I have like That'd be great. I have like literally five <laughs> of them over there. Yeah. Well, and I've had it too, where like there's a guy who's cute and we're friends, and I think he might be flirting, and then I so get into this idea of like. What would it be like if we date that sometimes later I'll have this epiphany like you didn't really like him. You just like saw it as an on paper Mm. possibility. So now I wait for like someone to like that I actually feel excited about Mm -hmm. and that and I try and wait now till we actually have a fucking conversation because like, yeah, could be cool, you know, but that's it's hard because but I'm telling you they're doing it to us too. So where are you at now? Like you're just are you floating crush wise so now like i have a crush on this one guy and um <laughs> and it's i'm trying to just like be chill and then um are you like wanting a relationship right now though or is it just like if it happens it happens that's it's more if it happens happen i i that's what like with this last like that's the thing is i'm like i think i'm more ready for a relationship than some people where they're at mm-hmm. in their life but it really depends on the person because sometimes i'm with somebody and i think okay, I kind of want to grow more before I'm ready. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I do feel 
Yeah, it just depends on the person. I'm not really sure if I'm ready for a relationship, but mm-hmm. I'm always that's why and they're not really like this all the time, but I like if I like somebody, like I'm willing to be with them. And yeah. I don't think that most people are like that. I think we're all pretty fucked up. So I think that guys do this self-torture thing where they're like, I like you, but I can't be with you, you. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, do you think that there's any part of you that's chasing like the pure potent like part of it's like, oh, what's going to be the next thing that's going to like break my heart? Like, yeah. As, like, is there any like craving for something like intense like that? Yes. I always yeah. crave uh, intense intimacy and yeah. romance, even though I have a hard time opening up to it when it does come it's so funny to just like truly loudly want something and then like don't know how to handle it yeah well because it's like it really is based on the individual for me so I don't really have this like open-ended like I want to date somebody like kind of thing in a way maybe I do but it's more just I meet individuals and I get um you know just like I think about them I'm really interested in people in general Mm -hmm. so it's like when it's dating, it's like 10 times that because there's like this feeling of like, I've always wanted to be seen and I want you to see me. Yeah. And that's what I'm kind of working on because when you're really looking for that check mark, you know, we see each other, it doesn't really work like that because mm-hmm. people ebb and flow. People reveal that. Like, that's the thing I'm dealing with too. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm so like, you fucking ask me, I'll answer, you know? Yeah. Like, but people do reveal themselves in different ways. And I think I'm just like too impatient where I'm like, I love a shy, nice boy. Of course, they're not going to reveal everything to me right now. But I'm like, you know, I've I've decided that like this little affectation about you. I'm obsessed with yeah. it or whatever. Or blah, blah, blah. That's why know? I want like I only started even like remotely having crushes on girls like within the last year or so. Uh-huh. And I was trying to think about it. And I was like, I have this like sick uh still like obsessive crushes with men because i think so much of it is that men often don't have a lot of close intimate friends mm-hmm. and i love when i'm like sleeping with somebody and like i'm their person you're important that they talk to uh, yeah absolutely and that they open up to and that's like, all i did in fucking high school i'm and obsessed still. with it yeah. yeah and that's where my crushes really come to play and i think that's why we kind of like the shy guy because I open up to a lot of people yeah. and in a way like, but then I, it's hard to explain. Like, listen, I open up to a certain level with people, but well, you do they're not seeing the real. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you're seeing the real side of me. And when you reject that, that mm-hmm. really hurts a lot more than if I bomb on stage, yeah. you know, and they don't really, especially non-performers don't really understand that those are two different aspects to the same person. Yeah. And I mean, it's like a stupid, easy example, but I'm like, I don't want to cry in front of anyone. If I, if Same, I will, yeah. if I will cry in front of you, like, Oh, I hate crying in front of people, but yeah. maybe that's the, maybe I'm like needing to look for someone that I feel like I can cry mm, in front of, you know, yeah. that like I could still feel valued by, but like being while still being like my trash crying self. You yeah, know? totally. Yeah. It's hard, but that's hard. No, I, I get know. that. And I, it's, For me right now, I'm just really working on self-acceptance because I think that I was looking for men to like solve this sort of like being seen quality. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really working on is just like seeing I really do. It's like so corny, but like I have Mm -hmm. to see myself first before I can expect them because I kind of had this idea like like that situation or just like in a general sense. 
I have to, I was looking for when, when men treat me like I'm special, that's the only time I feel special or that I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm being looked at. And then all of a sudden my, that's when like your every day is different. Cause all of a sudden someone's thinking about you, someone's texting you, someone cares about what you're doing, but I need to kind of, and I have been like, that's why I feel more ready for a relationship now than I would have probably a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know you can carry that on with yourself a little bit like when I start being like I wish I had somebody to give me that I try and give it to myself and as I get more and more there I do think that's how you eventually find your person or at least for me that's how I feel that I will because I think that the men I've been with kind of sense that I'm needing them to give me Mm -hmm. something that they can't that they can't you they cannot give you self-fulfillment totally and so I, I think they should only be able to like the the goal should be the priority should be like you're complimenting like what I already am that's so cool yeah you know like it should be like flanking all of your you know exactly and that's where I think it, it comes in and that's why now like you know I've gotten better at a lot of things for a long time I don't have this sort of self-abusive um, want for non nice or even mm-hmm. avoidant sometimes men yeah because a lot of people with anxious attachment are drawn towards avoidant people because they're looking for that negative confirmation bias. Yeah. And I do think that in the last five or so years, I do seek out secure men. Uh, should we talk about music real quick before we wrap up? Sure. Should we usually talk about just like, do any of your like teen angsty like music that you, do you have any songs that take you back to being a young, you know, and in love, young and, young in, love. and in love. It's funny. Cause or young and young and, and breaking up. Well, and young and in love for me was 15 years old was Rufus Wainwright. Ben folds was oh, like, shit. I went to like the Ben folds concert with my boyfriend at the time. Like that, those type of, and a postal service, modest mouth. Of course. These are like just bands that when I hear I'm, instantly transported back to that time yeah um but then it's funny because when I think of like love and stuff I and it's like very kind of dumb but like I um I dated this one guy when I was living I went to college in Portland Oregon Mm -hmm. and I was dating this one guy and we only dated for like a couple months and it wasn't exclusive but he really hurt me I think because I was like obsessed with him and Mm -hmm. like just like not even obsessed but it was just that I don't really know what it was I just really liked him sometimes people have a spell yeah yeah and I really liked him and then it didn't work out and um I drove around in my car and it was the first time I ever listened to the misadventures of Lauren Hill I had never listened to it before I was like 22 years old that was the first time I heard it Uh and I listened to that album on repeat for probably six months literally just <laughs> driving around my car go you might win some but you just lost one like just like <laughs> screaming like just like and that album really validated these very intense feelings that mm-hmm. I had and like you know and then later of course I find out that like some of Lauren Hill's intensity didn't pan out very mm-hmm. well for her because yeah she had such a bad experience in the music industry yeah um and then also like you know but I just the the intense feelings that she expressed Mm -hmm. and that were like 
not like a, kind of an indictment of men in a way and how men treat you when you're like a this sounds so fucked up but like like a woman they see as special or like yeah. you know where yeah. they know that you're someone special but at the same time they just still string you along or hurt you or whatever it is yeah. they do and that album now even still I like have trouble listening to it because I you get taken back yeah like I just really get taken back to that place I can't hear those songs without remembering who I was at that time yeah yeah and so that's the music that I feel like because that was the first time because I have really strong emotions but I always felt very ashamed of them Mm -hmm. and that album for some reason just really validated that allowed you to be like loudly yeah emotional yeah, that's a that's that's a great pick. I love that. Marsha, this has been so much fun. So fun. Thank, thank you for having you. me. No, thank you. Like what's um what's going on? You have Yes, plugs. Yes, plugs. Let's plug it up. Come see Fiddler on the Rooftop Bar at Bell House on Hell June eighteenth. Yeah. It should be really fun. I play Tevya. It's about um the L shutdown forces Tevya and his longtime platonic roommate Golda to move to Astoria. A gorgeous um far Amazing. from the home they love. And um <laughs> Then uh, also I have a monthly show at Union Hall called Stevie, which is typically the last Tuesday of every month, though it does change. So just look Mm. on their website and that's always a really fun show. So come out to those. Yay. That's great. And I have my own podcast, too, called Misandry with Marsha and Ray with my really good friend Ray Sawney, who's an amazing comedian. Listen to it. Listen to it. Subscribe. Rate. Review. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Follow her. Follow me. Um, follow me. You know me, <laughs> Almond Milk Hotel. You know Classroom Crush. We'll tweet some pics. Maybe Marsha can send us some pics Woo-hoo. of her in high school. Oh my god, I totally can. I could probably even send you a pic. I actually have a pic because I was gonna talk about this crush I had on this boy Brad, who was the only one I was willing to name by name. And then I forgot that we actually went to a dance together in high school. But oh it my was god! Kind of like as friends, which was annoying. But That's there's annoying. this photo of us where I'm wearing this red dress and he's wearing a red suit, and I'm like. Oh my God, like, did Brad fully like me? And I just, like, never knew. <laughs> we'll explore that next time. Next time. Literally, yeah. It's so fun to look back and be like, oh, wait, I was dumb as shit. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, be dumb as shit, just like me. But what's smart, actually, is to rate, review, subscribe <laughs> my podcast. I'm so good. I'm so smart at this podcasting shit. If you're my LA crush, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good night. <laughs> Bye.